0: NBA Most Valuable Player Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the lob. Oh. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Who's second? Middleton. Yes, oh. Chris Middleton. Oh. Back jumper. Got, Got it. it. Giannis Antetokounmpo.
1: Hello and welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Today's episode brought to you by Greg Olson's terrific podcast, TE1, by betonline.ag, and by DoorDash. I am Ty Windish, one of your hosts. I am here with the calculated Rohan Kadi, And we are here for a singular mission today, Rohan, to grade the Milwaukee Bucks guards from this season and postseason more on that in a second, but first, how are you doing and what are you up to? See, I
2: was I was confused initially because I thought the main topic of this podcast was going to be a certain type of review. Uh, but
1: <laughs> I've been told I, I've been told that it's not the Travis Scott burger, it's the Travis Scott meal. So okay. I need to apologize. I guess I got it wrong when I when I posted about it on my socials. But we're going to get there much, much later. Okay.
2: But in terms of what I'm doing, uh, I am, I guess, currently co-hosting the Eurostep. Uh, yes. And and, and uh, we, uh, both of us have uh, Game 1 of the NBA Finals pulled up, which is probably, you know, this is at max. We have seven games left, including this, until who knows when.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I think. Even if you're a little better toward Miami as a Bucks fan, obviously for I don't think I don't think many Bucks fans are. Honestly, that's I not think the most read. Bucks fans are rooting for Miami. Honestly, I totally I totally think they are. Um, Jimmy Butler playing at Marquette doesn't hurt, but also like my
2: guy and Jay Crowder. Don't forget him.
1: And of course, of course, two guys were are gonna have to function as the bronze stoppers. Um, I think a lot of Bucks fans are a little bit distasteful of the Lakers. I mean, for obvious reasons. I mean, the Lakers were like... I think a lot of NBA
2: fans in general are distasteful
1: of the Yeah, you, you pretty much are either a Lakers fan or you dislike the Lakers. But I will say, like, I was talking to a couple people about this today. Appreciate LeBron while he's here, even if you don't appreciate the Lakers. And like you alluded to, I mean, we, who knows when we're going to get basketball again. I guess the mini camps are happening right now, so if you are going to watch some hot cav on cav action you can check that I out i love how
2: no one in like the general populace is really paying attention to that i the guess because the finals are
1: going on yeah
2: but like once that's over i'm sure that'll pick up but like yeah yeah it's still something
1: yeah i'm waiting to inject like like luke canard stuff into my veins it's i'll wait till after the finals longest wanna... tenured piston <laughs> what a what a wild thing um, but yeah, who knows when we'll have basketball again. So enjoy this basketball, but not speaking of enjoyable basketball, we've got some guards. some of it's enjoyable. A lot of it's enjoyable. The Bucks were really good in the regular season. Uh, important distinction, uh, where they went 56 and 17 first in the NBA in the regular season. They did not have that good of a record in the postseason. Um, but we want, we figured the best way to get this off season of undetermined length started was to look at what the Bucks had slash have. And, I mean, that, you, you can't really go, like, plan next moves until you figure out what you've got, right? So we figured the best way— You're taking way, inventory. Exa- that's you're so much smarter than I am, Rohan. We're taking inventory of not all of the Bucks' assets. I mean, we could do a very short pod that the draft picks suck, but all of the player assets, which I think are, are most of their assets. So we're starting with the guards. We're going to do guards, forwards, bigs. We've split it up in, in such a way that they're all fairly even. Feel free to yell at us about what we designate each player. Uh, we took about four seconds to determine this via text message earlier today. But we are going to do two grades for each player. We are going to first just give them an overall performance grade, like... Uh,
2: As a general NBA player.
1: Yes, like like where do they grade out-ish? This is not an exact statistical science, but... Like, compared to all other guards, essentially. And then we're also going to grade them all on a curve. So, like, if someone has very limited expectations or role, they could do much better there, even if they're not a great player overall. And I think... It's
2: it's more like, I guess, a, another way to put this, it's more like general versus contextual.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I don't know why I'm here, but I am. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're a just, great co-host, Ty. That's why. I, I suppose. Um but let's start with, I think, the first guard people probably think of Frank um, Mason. The Bucks fans, maybe. Um, but people at large, and I think of the Milwaukee Bucks, um, Eric Bledsoe, uh, their point guard, starting point guard for the last two plus years now. Who?
2: Dang, it's really been that long, huh? It
1: has to have been, right? Yeah, because it was. It tra- Greg Monroe. Yeah, I was about to say he was traded for Greg Monroe. <laughs> that's, that's what really dates him as a Buck. Um. Yeah. It yeah, he, he was the it was the final
2: uh, Jason Kidd season.
1: Yeah, because Kidd was still the coach, right? Yes. Yes. Yep. So, and later that
2: season, he got fired. Joe Prunty season. Oh God! Yeah. What a wild season!
1: What was that? Sixteen, seventeen, or the, no? Fifteen. The books? Yeah, 16-17. Yeah, uh, sixteen, seventeen. The books on Bucks. Wait, it was seventeen, eighteen, right? Because so yes this is yes his third playoff run yeah because he was not there for the first Raptors series correct so this yes, is, yes it was 1718 Celtics and then last year and then this year okay um, yeah the the books the book maybe maybe just one book maybe multiple books unlike the 2010s bucks are gonna be so funny and kind of sad. Um, but Eric Bledsoe, I think it's so tough to contextualize in a one, I guess, as we're doing it two grades, because like, there's a lot of strong positives. Um, second team, all defense, uh, fine numbers. I mean, regular season, he put up just about 15 points a game, just under five rebounds, just over five assists, less than one steal, which is surprising, but he only played 27 minutes a game. And then there's the playoff numbers, which of course are worse than that in pretty much every category except for assists. So I think that's like that's really that's the that I guess I get I kinda that's why it's hard, right? Like what do you what do you contextualize more? What do you weigh more? The the distasteful playoff performances that seemingly every Bledsoe season is capped with or all the good stuff he does on the way there. I Personally, I think it's a little hard to overlook how the seasons end, but I did feel like I had to give him some credit for, I mean, again, like literally one of the 10 best defensive players this season, according to the awards voting. So where where do you have Eric Bledsoe?
2: Well, I guess let's first just talk about him just overall as an NBA sure. player. So like you said, second team all defense, he's a decent offensive contributor. He can... Uh, you know, be explosive offensively in burst. He's an elite defender. He's a. It's not a hot take to say that he's a an above average NBA point guard.
1: Yes. No. It's it's not a hot take.
2: It's not a hot. Take. He's probably. This is just off the top of my head, but probably top fifteen.
1: Probably, we'll say probably. He's like the next player below guys who should pick up an all-star in a given year yes so
2: he, he's like a tier below guaranteed
1: all-star yeah or like like yeah yeah that i think that's fair
2: yeah he's like it's sort of that uh
1: he's always like one of the first three honorable mentions mm. for all-star
2: yeah and it's a, he, he always east. has a case to be an all-star as well yes in the east yes in the east <laughs> um so just as a just as a player, just, like, take him outside of the Bucks, like, outside of our little, like, Bucks niche. He's a good player. He's a good player for an NBA team. We've talked about this for, like, other podcasts uh, that we've done. He would take a, like, middling franchise and raise their floor immediately. Like, if you were, like, we've talked about this, if you were the New York Knicks, you would love an Eric Bledsoe. I hope he's is just,
1: listening to this.
2: <laughs> he's just uh like he, he is a dynamic point guard who will stabilize your team and just like if you have nothing eric bledsoe will like raise the team floor of your team considerably yes so it's ju- it's hard to like because i i know where we're going with this and getting into <laughs> the expectations So i'm just i'm trying to, it's hard to transition into that but just in general he's a good player i'd give him overall I'd probably give him if we're doing like letter grades, I'd give him like a like a B.
1: I gave him a B minus. So pretty close. Pretty close. The shot still not consistently falling is a little tough. Um, but I like again, very, very, very good defensive player, solid offensive player. Best point guard
2: defender in the league.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I would agree. B minus is probably harsh, but I am factoring in playoffs to the overall as well. So that's why, like, if he played even close to the same game in the playoffs, I'm swinging that toward B+. But just because, like, all his numbers basically fall off a cliff, it's just hard for me to look at him and say, like, like, regular season top 15 point guard, maybe not a playoff. I mean, certainly not a playoff, but maybe not an all-around factoring in playoffs, all-around point guard. And maybe that'll change when he's not on the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, the fit is not optimal either for him. Um, that's just less of a concern because obviously, you know, the Bucks are more concerned with the fit of Giannis and, and pieces around Giannis, not pieces around Eric Bledsoe. But uh, maybe he would look better somewhere else. I don't know. I'm not really convinced of that, but it is possible.
2: Yeah, that's fair. So I guess just getting into expectations now.
1: The third best guy on the title team, right? Like that's, I think that's the bar what, is simple.
2: That's the, yep, that's what the bar is. He needs to be the third best player on a title team. So according to that, I'd, uh, how, how low are we going here?
1: I actually didn't go that low. It I feels, gave him a D. I think that's fair. I, I don't know why I wrote down C. I feel like I shouldn't have done that. I think C minus D. I, I could, I, I, you know what? I'm going to settle on D+. Plus. I'm going to change See, the thing it to is, like, if
2: we're doing letter grade, C's get degrees, and, and the yeah, box lost the in the done. second round.
1: Yeah, totally <laughs> fair. You know what? You talked me down. D. Let me i cha- I'm changing it right now. D. <laughs> I hope my keyboard clicks come through. That was it. Did a legit it. change. Yeah, I mean, he just wasn't good enough. I mean, in pretty much every facet, his energy did keep the Bucks alive for like a couple minutes when it looked like they should have been dead. But overall, you have his numbers, right? Do you have his playoff numbers or?
2: Uh, yeah. So in the playoffs this season, in like twenty nine point seven minutes per game, he was uh, let's see, can I, he was averaging eleven point seven points on thirty eight percent shooting from the field. Uh, twenty-five percent from three, just just abysmal.
1: Yeah, and it's one of those where certainly someone could say, you know, he missed time with COVID, and he got there late, whatever. That's fair. I, I, it is, but I would be a lot more inclined to care about that if this wasn't like a regular thing for three years in a yeah. row. Yeah, it's just after the Terry Rozier stuff. I mean, he needed to be like great in the postseason to reverse that, and the opposite of that has happened.
2: Yeah, he just he hasn't he hasn't been good. He hasn't brought it. No. It's, it's just like we like you said. He the expectations are him to be the third best player on a title team, even on this contender in the postseason. He was probably the fifth, sixth best player. Yeah, and they fell short. So that's yeah. why I gave him a D. I
1: think it it really is that simple. Yeah, because it's just like when
2: when they needed him to perform in a role, he didn't. You know, and as the as a result, the Bucks fell
1: short. Yeah, and I think this is something, you know, the Bucks have been, tried to be very, very high on Eric Bledsoe. The organization was collectively disappointed he wasn't an All Star this season, and this season he had a
2: better case last season.
1: Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. I mean, I mean, what are they going to do, right? His I mean, defense can't...
2: fell off a little compared to last season. Like the previous season, it was like he he was worse a little bit in the regular season. So if he was going to make it it would be
1: 18-19. Yeah. Not not the snub I'm most upset about for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I feel like that's succinctly though. I think I think the main takeaway from Bledsoe for the season is again on the whole a good he's kind of emblematic of like the Bucks as a collective, truly mm. like seems like he's, you know, totally on pace to take care of everything. And then when really the stakes are at their highest, just clearly not it and, and hopefully I mean, not saying like this like general Bucks core will never be it, but like so far, especially the last two years, it just it hasn't come through the way we would have hoped.
2: Yeah, it really hasn't. I think yeah, like you, you put it great, it's just emblematic of the Milwaukee Bucks in general, and that's Is that yeah, it might be Derek Bledsoe's fault, who knows? Um
1: not gonna say all of it, but he, he yeah. has not helped a yeah. lot.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. It's definitely not all his fault, but... Yeah. Can't say he's not a factor. Correct. Okay, where do we... Uh, do you have any other thoughts on Blitz or should we move on? Let's move on. This okay. is not so, having fun. Yeah, so let's let's get to probably the, Oh, you know, I guess, backup point guard, uh,
1: George Hill. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think kind of interesting, sort of, again, kind of a, a weird contrast for George Hill, who for did he end the season as the nba's leading i believe three so point shooter i thought he did as well I and mean, his b-ball ref gonna tell me this i don't see it bolded but he might have i mean he shoots 46 percent from three which is pretty good in the regular season just under 10 points per game at 9.4 three rebounds three assists one turnover less than one or no no it's less than one steal one turnover exactly from the field, 46 from deep, 56 from two. Certainly cooled off in the bubble and in the playoffs, but he was a reliable shot maker, but not on high volume, just three attempts per game. And I felt like, and maybe some of this was another player that we're going to discuss, kind of, you know, impinging on his role a little bit. There's a medical term for you. Yeah. He didn't seem to make the same differences off the bench that he did last season. I thought, I mean, he was such a great shooter. Don't get me wrong. But I did feel like he was more of a playmaker and uh, created his own shots better last year than he did this year. So as much as that shooting number is great, really, I, I feel like it kind of looks a little bit better than George's George Hill's season was in its entirety. But what do you think?
2: I think I'd have to agree with you there. Last season, he seemed to have more of a knack for finding shots within the offense. Meanwhile, like this season, he was his role was just making sure the offense doesn't fall off the rails. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it was more like, a, okay, let's come in here and calm things down sort of thing when uh, the all bench units are just sort of flailing about, as you would expect them to, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, but it's just he he was more of just like a guiding force on offense rather than being the offensive force. If that makes any
1: sense. Yeah. And I feel like even farther going on this sort of idea in the playoffs, I almost just thought he kind of drifted around a bit. Like I didn't think he was as much of a force. He never took control. No, no. And that was the thing last season. I mean, especially in some of the big playoff moments I was referring to him as George Mountain because of how big his impact was. I mean, I could totally be wrong and be forgetting a game. I don't think there was a single game this postseason where George Hill made an outsized difference in the result, for better or worse. I don't think he lost them any games. No, But I don't think he won them any games. And that sounds like a, a kind of an unreasonable expectation, but like good role-player performances can and should swing he games was, he was, here or there. This was a
2: guy who was in the running for sixth man of the year
1: yeah and was not did not did not have that kind of impact in the bubble i don't think
2: no he really didn't i guess we could say that about the bucks as a whole but him like everything just sort of fell off he was sort of trailing even in his gaudy shooting percentages like trailing off as the normal regular season uh was winding to its uh yeah to its hiatus so and that trend like just continued and like accounted for missed time in the bubble. <laughs> it it was just, it wasn't pretty. No. And again, like I said, you can say that for all of the bucks in the bubble, except for like Brooke Lopez, but uh, that's in two pods. <laughs> uh, we, we just, we didn't see the George Hill that we were really expecting. And I guess that sort of like takes us out. Uh, well, like before I get there, just as a general NBA player, it's pretty, pretty solid backup point guard.
1: Yeah, I I guess well we're grading him as an overall guard though, not as a backup point guard for the overall grade, right?
2: Oh okay, uh, God,
1: are we? Yes, the second grade is considering that he's a backup point guard. Oh uh, sure, <laughs> that's what that's my plan. Do you have a? Are you thinking? I was thinking, the, thinking just like, like we, a count back,
2: like yeah, I could count for him being a backup.
1: Okay, okay, we can do that. That's fine. Then I have him as a B.
2: Okay, I as a yeah, I also I had him as like a A- as a backup quarterback.
1: Oh. Cuz like yeah, I suppose. There's not that many like, better like than. Like we it. said
2: he's he's in the running for six man of the year. He's a seasoned veteran. Uh I guess that's such a cliche to say. Um
1: but he is. He certainly yeah, is. I mean he he's is. taken players under his wing for sure.
2: Yeah, 11 years in the league. He he knows the ins and outs like that's all you can really ask for in your backup point guard role. Like, probably the only reason he probably wasn't starting is because uh, he's a seasoned veteran. Yeah, <laughs> uh, just just old. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> season veteran is the nice way of saying old.
2: Yeah, it's it. If if he was like peak George Hill, he would be a great starter for this team.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: This is not peak George Hill. No, but it, it's it's. It's toned down George Hill in a lesser role, which I think is all all you can really ask for at this point in his
1: career. Yeah, I agree. So that's why I gave him I gave him an A minus. For overall? Yeah. Okay. What about expectations wise? I mean his like we already kinda covered, sort of the stabilizer from the bench, and he still did that to a degree. I just didn't think the degree was as much. So I was feeling a B or a B minus
2: I said B minus. Yeah. It's just like it's good. But it, there there could be more we've seen more. Sort of thing.
1: Yeah, which it just seems crazy considering like just that one number that you can just throw at somebody like look, he was the best shooter in the NBA. I wouldn't say he was the best three point he had the highest three point percentage maybe. Mm-hmm. Was not the best three not no, three he attempts not. per game. I no. mean it's, Duncan Robinson was the best three point shooter this season and Davis Burris was close. Um but yeah. I, I I think yeah, I think we're in really agreement so far. Um just kind of the first two guards, and again, like the Bucks as a whole, kind of like a, is paper tiger? Is that what that means? Is what? A paper tiger?
2: I have no idea what you're talking about.
1: Hold on, I'm Googling it.
2: This might be me being uncultured.
1: Oh, no, it's true. A person or thing that appears threatening but is ineffectual. Huh. It's a literal English translation of a Chinese phrase.
2: Oh, the more you know. I, th- I, I
1: think it has to do with origami, but I could be wrong.
2: Looks intimidating, but actually is okay. Okay.
1: The Bucks were paper tigers, as much as I hate to say it.
2: Yeah, that's fair. You can't really argue with that based on the result. You cannot.
1: So I guess do you have any more George Hill thoughts? Um
2: good uh, his contract is friendly for the team.
1: Yeah, so this is something I didn't actually realize until kind of recently with all the trade talks and stuff going around. He's only very partially guaranteed in two years, right? Yeah. He's got one full year left and then like $3 million guaranteed the year after that. Uh, I think so. Let me pull it up. And I think Brooke Lopez's contract is like that too. Is it? Maybe I knew yeah. Hill and Lopez, and Lopez surprised me.
2: Yeah, so George Hill, come on, you can load here um
1: oh no george brooke lopez is not like that george hills is like that i was wrong
2: yeah so he had uh he has next year fully guaranteed
1: uh nine and a half
2: million uh, for 2021 and then the 2021 2022 season only has a 1.2 million guarantee
1: oh 1.2 million wow okay so yeah he's very much like
2: otherwise it's a 10 million cap it
1: I He's highly getting waived. He's getting waved. Yeah, yeah. I think wh- if, whether he's in Milwaukee or somewhere else, I don't I don't think he's gonna make ten million dollars that year unless something dramatically changes with the state of George Hill. Um well good. Well, I think Unless do you have another George Hill, fund? no.
2: It's just it's a very
1: tradable contract. It's extremely tradable. Well, we'll do. I'm sure we'll we'll cover more trade targets and pods. But you know the Bucks have counted on George Hill. He's been he's he's delivered. You know a, a good amount of the time. Unlike restaurants who you've counted on and they've delivered to you with Doordash. Uh, Their dining rooms may be closed, they may be open, who knows, everything is sort of in flux right now, but everyone is open for delivery with DoorDash, like I said. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving directly to your door, and ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national chain restaurants, I guess chain restaurants work like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, our listeners to this here at Eurostep podcast can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on that first order when you download the DoorDash app in the old app store and enter promo code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's promo code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. You know, a great time to use DoorDash is on Football Sunday because the wait is over and football is back. You you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. But don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts we are just giving away bargains with promo code blue wire. you put in promo code blue wire anywhere who knows who knows how much you might save speaking of bargains rohan dante De vincenzo's contract very i would say a bargain i mean obviously it's a rookie deal but yeah still, i was not expecting value. you to say that <laughs> you
2: don't think it's a bargain inch. no i mean no it is but i, I don't know I I was not expecting you to bring up Dante Divincenzo's contract and his discussion.
1: Well, it's a bargain, you know. I mean, the, the ad reads officially over. We've segued out of it. Just yeah. so you know. Yeah, that's fair. Oh, my transitions quick, quick, are so good. Lately. No, quick tangent though. Do you play fantasy oh. football? I actually, so usually I do, but this year I am not in any leagues, which is mm-hmm. weird.
2: Yeah, I I usually do like one league a year. I've kind kind of uh, fallen off of my football fandom uh, dramatically. Sure. I just I just want to take this time to flex on the pot because we talked about football in the uh, ad read that I am three and O in my fantasy wow. league right now. Yeah, highest scoring team in the league. It's Who's amazing. Who's your
1: MVP? Uh,
2: Russell Wilson.
1: Oh, nice. Oh yeah, that's a good
2: one. Mm-hmm. I I confuse the name of the players on my team because I don't know who they are, but I know <laughs> I'm winning.
1: <laughs> that's all that matters. Yeah. Okay. Now we can go back to Dante now. Yeah. So I mean, start us off. Give a give me your Dante takes. So.
2: We've talked about this, but he is he's the Bucks young core. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no pressure.
2: Uh I guess that's where expectations. But just what he's what he was drafted as is not really what I expected him to be right now. Not gonna lie, when he was drafted I was like I was very I was I pulled an Adam McGee, I was like, What on earth is going on here? Shout <laughs> out to Adam, he wrote his final article for yes, behind the podcast today. That's a hard, great read. Man. Um but just, it was, I was very confused, but he's actually, like, in terms of skills, we've talked, like, like we've talked about this. He is can be, a, he can play up in size. He can be a rangy wing on offense and defense if he really wants to be, if he wants to play like that. Ideally, he's a good shooter who can defend and playmake and just do everything you would really want to make winning plays. And he does that. He just doesn't do it consistently. <laughs> and um probably the you know the big the big thing that's missing from that is the, his uh, three-point shot. Yeah. Uh he he shot uh 33.6% in the regular season. Uh which was actually an improvement <laughs> on his
1: rookie season <laughs> where he
2: shot 26.5%. So, I mean baby steps, but also like you're 23.
1: Yes, sort of a. I mean, basic. I mean, nearly a rookie. Did not play much his rookie years. Rookie year gets cut off with injury. Twenty-seven games. Yeah, he takes kind of audacious shots. He takes the shots you
2: would want him to take if you want him to develop into a useful role player. I'll say it like that. And like not even just a useful role player, but like potentially
1: something more. Correct, and I certainly agree with that. And I just think they need to go in. they want yeah that would certainly help they, they, they need to go in um, I think he does appear to me like he will be a better shooter he's not there right now but I definitely grant expectations I think the word to use is combo guard for his skills it's sort of in between a point guard and sort of a two three um, I agree he can defend some wings I don't think he'll really spend a lot of time ever guarding fours just, unless they're just no, not, not he's, he's too small I do think, like, right now the best part of Dante's game is probably his off-ball defense or, like, his passing lanes defense followed it's by— It's beautiful to watch. It's, it's, yeah.
2: it's so good. Just, like, if you ever want to, like, take a deep dive into, like, what NBA defense really is, there's a couple players you really— You want to watch film and just watch them on plays, and Dante is one of them because he tries to figure out every single read— as it happens and adjust in real time. And it's just, it's beautiful to watch.
1: It is. And I think he feels the game to a degree I would not have expected. I mean, obviously he's old for a second year guy, but still like his feel of the game to me feels better than like a lot of vets in the league. And I think it abandoned him for like a week or two in the bubble and then pretty much came back. But I think you see it on offense too. A lot of his points and assists even are not necessarily him being, like, more skilled or fast or strong, although he's certainly not slow. But, like, he'll cut more than a lot of bucks and get easy buckets. You know, he'll find an opening and get through it. Like we said, sometimes the shot falls, oftentimes it doesn't. Um, and that's probably probably his lowest IQ plays or some of those jumpers, just considering his percentage. But I do think, you know, taking those now sets you up to make them more later. I don't know. I think his game overall is very impressive to me. I think he's got a pretty high floor and potentially a, a staggeringly high ceiling considering I, I thought he was going to be a G League player this season. So definitely is better than that.
2: Yeah, it's, it's interesting you thought he was going to be a G League player this season considering all we heard from the Bucks, like leading up to the season was that Dante is just going to break out.
1: Do you remember I that didn't believe him. Oh, I remember. I, I was talking to some Bucks folks before the season. I think when they introduced Chase Buford. It wasn't Chase. He wasn't really a part of the team. That like wasn't ingrained yet. But some Bucks folks were there. And I was like, you know, basically went up to him and said, looking forward to seeing Dante out here in Oshkosh a bit. And they're like, ah, now we don't know about that. And I was like, ah, I don't know. I think I feel like the team is so good. And they have all these players, yada, yada, yada. And they were like, oh, we'll see and then he you know, becomes basically their sixth man and spot starter throughout the season and everything else. I Very impressive stuff from Dante DiVincenzo. I think the expectations may have gotten a little bit too high in the bubble, and then him finally hitting some sort of a wall really made him look tough. But props to him also for rebounding from that tough stretch and being one of their best three, four players in the last three to four games of the season. I think three games of the season.
2: Yeah, no, he really. It's it's just been a roller coaster of a season. Um, it's just, I think, I don't know if this is a hot take. I think he has the potential to be an all star.
1: Um, I feel like that is a little hot takey. I've certainly said it. I think I said he's going to be a star next season at one point. Just because, like, it's one of those where someone who doesn't watch a lot of Bucks or who hasn't paid close attention to Dante, you pull up the numbers, right? It's like, okay, the numbers are nothing special at all. Um, less than a 2-to-1 assist turnover ratio. Decent amount of rebounds for a guard on his minutes. Nearly 5 in 23 minutes, but like 9 points per game. You know, whatever. Watching him play, though, there does seem to just be something there. I, I would it's not just, say...
2: It's, it's hard to really contextualize. Yeah. It's just, he has it. I don't know how else to describe it.
1: No, I totally fair, and I think... I think he could get there. I think there's a lot of paths for him, trajectory-wise. Um, but I think he's going to get at least a little bit better, which that means like his floor will be a very good bench player. I think that's the worst I could see Dante DiVincenzo being, which is pretty good value for where he was drafted and, and fighting through the injuries he's fought through.
2: Yeah, it really is a heel injury that knocked him out of basically his entire rookie season or most of his rookie season. And just, I think, that also, it's a weird tangent. I think it's probably better for, like, rookies to, like, sit out a lot of games. Yeah. Because they learn the game. Just
1: watch. Watch and learn.
2: Yeah. And you, you get to adjust to the NBA schedule. Uh, then again, who knows what that's going to be
1: now on. But, Whew, Sterling and DJ are going to be really good when they finally <laughs> get to play in Detroit, baby. They've done so much watching.
2: oh oh man Um, (laughs) you teed me up for that one i did i didn't even realize it um yeah i think i think dante can be really good so i guess we didn't grade him
1: uh let's do it i think expectations i put straight a based on his expectations my expectations of him
2: okay that's fair like yeah that's fair team expectations he kind of fell a little short but yeah on the Bucs were like the bucks were like, bucks were like he's going to win mvp like step yeah, aside basically. giannis like dante's basically. in charge now like but so i guess you can't really you can't really meet those expectations uh, but i guess in terms of like my own like i said i didn't think he was going to be good so yeah
1: a i actually oh I, I don't know. You go first for overall expectations. I don't know if I can trust what I've put down. Wait, for overall or expectations? Or for, I, sorry, for overall. Okay, for overall, probably a C. See, I put A-. minus. Really? He got six man of the year votes, didn't he? He got one third place vote, I think. I mean, like, that's kind of the ceiling. I, I I'll, You know what? I'll go B+. I'll temper it a little bit, especially he, with he the got bad a, ball. He got run. a couple minutes on the low post, which means a lot. It does. I, I I just like he's a bench guard. He's a young player like a bench guard spot starter to get to be firmly in the six man of the year conversation. Uh, it's pretty good for that. I don't that. know if he was. <laughs> he was in the columns. He got one third place vote. <laughs> Let me see if Zach will mentioned him in his column. He might have. Or was that for all defense? Oh, he might have gotten mentioned there too. I think Zach Lowe just might be a fan. I think a lot of people are fans. I, I think uh, Chris Herring liked him too, I thought.
2: Yeah, I think that was a pod they did together.
1: Yeah, it was.
2: Great combo. Uh, both of them are fantastic. It's just, I don't know if he was like, if I'm looking at this through just Bucks colored glasses. Fair.
1: I'll settle on B, B+. I'm keeping B+. Okay, down. I'll, I'll go C+.
2: Wow. Wow. Is that what I Kinda said? Kind of tough. Yeah, C plus, B minus.
1: Kind of tough. Fifth leading or sixth leading scorer on the team. 45% sure. from the field. Sure. Better effective field goal percentage than Eric Bledsoe or Brooke Lopez or Wes Matthews. In the smaller role. <laughs> More shots per game than a couple of those guys. What up? Fair, fair. I don't know. I'm not here to argue. It's just... He... Uh...
2: I don't know. I think I'm trying to like actively trying to take away my
1: bias, which might be I'd hurting I'm, it. I'm just gonna lean into it. Yeah, sure. okay, we'll go. We'll go solid B minus. I'm sticking with the B plus, but let's move on before you're at A plus and I'm still at B plus. <laughs> Dante like actually just... <laughs> was robbed of MPP. <laughs> <laughs> when we every time we said Chris Middleton on the awards pod, we meant to say Dante. <laughs> we just misspoke consistently.
2: Oh my goodness. Uh yeah. So I guess if we're if we're done with Dante, uh where are we going next? To I, Oh his buddy. Well, yeah. So we got uh, Ersan, uh sorry. Um the Pat Hans <laughs>
1: uh, I'm so, not gonna make any sort of a comment. Yeah, on that. Okay, you know what I said. Uh yeah. <laughs>
2: um Yeah, so we got Pac dear He's a he's a fun he's a fun personality. Uh, by all accounts real estate yep mogul <laughs> I gonna say it. uh he's he's made he's trying to make some developments in the city of milwaukee
1: um uh, yep that uh yeah let's leave it at that uh so maybe he should have focused more on developing his game in the city of milwaukee hey i like that i like hey. that oh pat's not listening i hope you are listening pat
2: come on the euro step
1: yeah come prove us come come tell us why we're wrong on the pod but like, well, at the end of the day, right, Pat Connaughton somehow starts four games. Here's what he does. Here's what he does. He is a reserve reserve wing. Like, probably, I mean, what we have him listed here as the fourth guard, and that's not counting, like, Wes Matthews we're going to cover on our wings episode. But, I mean, he started at the two, so you could argue he's a guard. I mean, skill set-wise, I think more of a wing. But, so Pat is, like, behind Several guys at the guard spots. Um, Comes in five points a game. Solid-ish, 45% from the field. 60.7% from two. Like, Pat really is just dunking, which is just fine with me. Um, The issue is the shot, despite getting hot and early in the bubble, which unfortunately (laughs) petered out quite quickly once the playoff games got close. 33% from deep in the regular season. Pat counted in very athletic. Uh, could have been a pitcher. Rebounds the hey, ball. Hey, did you well.
2: know that he played baseball? I think Baltimore drafted him. Maybe <laughs> a team. God, I. Every time a commentator said that, I wanted to pull my hair out.
1: It's definitely on all the Bucks drinking game lists. Um, that would really result in hospital smashed. visits. Yeah, yeah. Um, like good energy guy. If he played 82 games a yeah, year in the state of is, Massachusetts, he is an energy guy. Yes, if he, if he played 82 games a year in the state of Massachusetts, he'd probably be an all star.
2: Oh, he'd be like a five time
1: MVP. Maybe goat. Yeah, maybe, maybe goat. Um, one of the Bucks' better or middle of the road free throw shooters. He's fine. He's <laughs> who, fine. He's a bench who, player. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and very undisciplined on defense, despite having the tools. That's to why I said well.
2: you said good energy player. I said he's an energy player. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I bet he brings good energy. He doesn't always funnel it well. Yeah, just
2: the my lasting impression of Pat isn't he a free agent also? Uh yes, he is. Sure. We'll we'll discuss that later. But yeah. Just my lasting impression of Pat Conton, uh, on the Milwaukee Bucks. Not uh not him uh, you know, being in the dunk contest or anything or helping them uh you know, being a really good player actually in their series against the Celtics, uh in the eighteen nineteen series. Hmm. Just just the lasting image will just be him jumping past shooters. That's the only thing yeah. I'll remember when I think of Pat Conton.
1: Like, For me, the first thing is when he and Giannis made that the rock workout video. And oh, the second yeah. thing is the jumping. That that was fun. Oh, they that were was fitness fun. buds. That's
2: why that's why I led this with he's a fun personality.
1: He is. It's just he seems
2: like he seems like a good locker room guy, a good glue guy. Just like isn't the uh, story of how him and Giannis got really close is like Pat was. Uh, Pat was. I think this was on the JJ Redick podcast that he talked about this. It was um, that Pat was like, "Oh yeah, I'm just a, I'm a second round pick who didn't play uh, basketball. If you didn't know, I played baseball before." Um and then he was like, I need to I need to be working all the time. So I was staying late after practice and then it's like Giannis pulls up, he's like, What are you doing here? I was like, I'm getting shots of what are you doing here? Sort of thing. <laughs> and it was like uh like I gotta do this so I can get to like, you know, play in the NBA and he's like and Giannis is like, I just do this, no one else usually shows up.
1: Um uh, Your Pat voice is sending me.
2: I'm not even I trying. gotta
1: do this. <laughs> and it's like one one sixteenth. Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> I gotta do this to stay in the NBA, Mick. Uh,
2: uh, this is why I don't do impressions. It's <laughs> it's just it's a weird thing, and I feel like Pat. He really sort of like blends the team together. You know, he'll work with like the bench guys. He'll work with the stars. He'll just he'll 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 lead the team to do hard work.
1: And, yeah, I mean, like good good culture guy. Yeah, good um, culture
2: guy. That's a, that's really what I'm trying
1: to say here. While I'm waffling on here. And here's the thing like I think on a normal team Pat plays less. The yes, Bucks for sure. Just that's so uh,
2: weird. On in my notes for Pat, I said probably played too much for his skill set.
1: Yeah, he was at just under 19 minutes a game, but also minutes played wise ninth. So if he's your ninth man, I don't really have a problem with Pat being your he's a fine ninth man. Yeah, that's fair. So for expectations, I'm like somewhere between C plus and B minus.
2: I'd say yeah, I'd say around a C plus. But overall, he's a reserve wing yeah. who does that. Yeah, he's he's a reserve wing. That the thing is like he can't really he's not going to be a player that really wins you games because he no. hasn't shown that he can really get like hot shooting within a game. Like I'm saying within a game, not just like as a trend, but like in a singular game when it matters and you need a role play to step up. I don't think Pat Connaughton can do that.
1: No, no. I mean, it seemed like he had kind of turned a corner. I think late regular season, early-ish bubble, he just felt like he was nailing every single three. And it, it just it didn't last. And no one expected him to shoot like 60% or whatever, but even like just being a reliable. I mean, it was clearly like just positive variance. And then he came back down to earth pretty quickly. Um, so I would say probably D plus to C overall.
2: Yeah. Overall, the thing is like, as if we're doing this in terms of role, as a ninth man, like you said,
1: it's pretty pretty good, good for a ninth man. Yeah, I think C is fair.
2: Yeah, around the seed, just you know, average.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I like. Here's the thing: if Pat Connaughton is killing your team, like like the team he plays for, if he's killing the team he plays for, it's not really Pat Connaughton's fault. Like, it's it's not really even like. The thing He's is, not, like, your ninth man shouldn't be able to kill you. Like, yeah. he shouldn't be that important the, to the team. The
2: thing is, like, he wasn't, he, in the playoffs, he was just an absolute tire fire. Yeah. Like, I think that we're ignoring that here, especially against Miami. Like, any time Pat Conson would come on the court, the Bucks would, like, lose those minutes by, like, 70 points.
1: Correct. And uh, it's just tough, because I feel like part of it is because Pat would come out there with, like, five other bench guys. No, but it was even like if not just in terms of lineup data, if you like
2: take Pat out and like put someone else in with those normal bench lineups, like just like in the midst of the game, yeah, they you would have see better. the team immediately like get better because there's not an absolute weak link out there.
1: Yeah, he is like probably the best way for me to describe Pat Conn in his role is he should be. Like, the guy closest to making the playoff rotation who doesn't really make it.
2: Yeah. so Like, he's a break glass in case of emergency type of thing. Like, I don't know why I remember this, but there was a game in the 18-19 season. I think it was, like, March, maybe February, against the Hornets. Uh, And they were were actually losing the game to the Hornets at home.
1: Oh, I remember this game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so,
2: good. I'm glad I'm not insane alone. Uh, And they just, like... They just brought out switch everything defense as break glass in case of emergency, and that was bringing in Pat Connaughton, and they absolutely wiped the floor with the Hornets.
1: Do you know what and I'm trying to find? Oh, no. They lost one game. Funny thing, Pat Connaughton's highest-scoring game against the Hornets that year, they actually lost. Really? Which is kind of hilarious, but this was a different game. Um, the March game, they won by 17. He played 15 minutes, and... Oh, they were minus twelve in those minutes. Our memories might just stink.
2: No, I think I think that might be a janky plus minus game.
1: It might be. He, yeah, I don't. Whatever it was. Um, but do you know what Pat Connaughton's nickname is on basketball oh, reference? No, uh, I've never heard this before.
2: I, I, I,
1: I, I have no idea. What is it? Vanilla Thunder. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> what a great nickname for Pat Connaughton vanilla thunder oh why don't we call him that i don't think we call him that much at all i think pat c gets the job done for how often we talk about pat Condon. you know that works <laughs> we might not have to talk about him again we might I, you know i figure he might actually be back unless he gets like a real offer to play somewhere but like if a minimum one and one is good enough for him I have no issue. I mean, I'd, I'm sure we'll do more pods. Yeah. I would have no issue with him being ninth, tenth, eleventh guy. Sure. But why it's not. also like get some get some young guys. Yeah, that'd be that'd be ideal. Pat kind of like if there's
2: is... a roster spot like a free agent old. that you can just like trade out for a young guy, it's probably Pat.
1: Did not realize that Pat is twenty. We'll be twenty eight probably by yeah, the time he's old. basketball comes back. Yeah. He's not a young player. A lot of college for him. He started. He was twenty three when he got drafted um just like dante no that's not true dante is a little younger yeah or at least his age 23 season was when he got drafted but i digress we got one player left to talk about yes we We saved the mvp for last we did actually mvp first team all league (laughs) mid-season all nba league The eh is G League, G League MVP, first team All G League, midseason All NBA G League, which is basically All Star, but they don't do a game anymore. Frank Mason, do you want to know something funny? Sure,
2: I always like funny things.
1: If you were ranked, if we went in order for this pod of points per game, scorers, do you know Frank actually outscored uh, Pat Connaughton per game this year? Did he really? He did indeed. So if you went by points per game, it would be Bledsoe at 14.9, George Hill at 9.4, Dante at 9.2. Frank Mason got up to 6.9 points per game, Dang, and then okay. Pat was at 5.4. Okay. The bubble games helped him a lot, I think, because his first game was pretty rough. He ends up playing nine total. But overall, like the Frank Mason regular season buck stats, not terrible. Just under seven points, two rebounds, three assists. 1.2 turnovers, so well over a two-to-one assist to turnover. 45% from the field, 28% from three. His threes did not fall, but 56.7% from two. So Frank Mason was, like, capable as a buck, eighth in two-point percentage. That's really cherry-picking it, but not as, as minor as I would have thought, given that almost all of his playing time obviously came in the G League as he racked up an MVP award. Kind of tricky to talk about his overall grade and his expe- expectations grade, given he wasn't on the Bucks most of the season.
2: Yeah, that's fair. He had such a small like role.
1: Like it, it wasn't he didn't have a role on this team. No, not until they were like like you meant like the term you used earlier. They got to a break glass in case of emergency point at times in the bubble, and then suddenly he was.
2: Playing. We got that that one minute stretch in that uh, game against the Heat.
1: Oh, don't remind
2: me. Uh, that would, yeah, he was a positive 2.5 in the playoffs. Not one minute. 16-game player. <laughs> I'm not afraid to say it. 16-game player, sample size of one minute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, honestly, like, he was a good player. Like, I've limited sample size. Because like, he, he had, like, uh, what were his totals? Um, come on, he played a total of 118 minutes in the regular season for Milwaukee this year. That's not a lot in nine games.
1: When he got minutes, he was a lot He was better. good.
2: Like, when yeah. he actually played, he was he was good. Like, so, obviously, he was a G League MVP, as you said, just, like, absolutely killing it down there. And it's like his
1: skills translate. Absolutely. He had one bad game. So, when he played, he only played more than 20 minutes three times this season. One of them was a bad game against Denver where he had nine points and shot four for 12 from the field that was the most minutes he played. The Bucks lost that game by 14. Was but that the uh, that, was that the game before the hiatus? It was. Oh, I so, love that game. <laughs> that game was drunk. So after during in the hiatus, the Bucks played two games where they used Frank Mason more than 20 minutes per game. If you want some Bucks optimism in this pod, here is where you will find it. Against Memphis, he played 25 minutes, shot 7 for 13 from the field, 3 for 6 from deep. also added uh, four rebounds, eight assists, one steal, one block, one turnover to his 18 points. He was a plus five. And against Washington in the bubble in just 21 minutes, he puts up 19 points, six assists, five rebounds, two steals, just one turnover, seven for 10 from the field, one for two from deep, and draws seven free throws in that game, although he just makes four. I'm not too worried about Frank's free throws. It's a very small sample size, but... So, basically, the two times he got real minutes, and then the time he played 17 minutes in a game against Brooklyn in the bubble, he puts up 11 points, 4 assists, 3 turnovers, uh, makes 4 of his 9 shots. So, like, legitimately productive when he played real minutes in the bubble. He just really had the bad Denver game, but, like, clearly an NBA player, in my opinion. Oh, clearly.
2: He has, like... Sacramento? Uh, does Sacramento count as NBA experience?
1: That's why I mean. That's why I felt like you had to say it. But yeah, I mean, he was, and honestly, I think he's much better than he was then. He was. Um,
2: he he's definitely refined his skills. He's taken his development seriously, yeah. which is all and, you can really ask for. Like, it, we'll talk. Like, I guess his he had no expectations. He's a two way player and a contender, and yeah. he still took his his job really seriously. And he w- went out there and was just dominating in the G League. And yeah. it's it wasn't just like. I, I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but it wasn't like Christian Wood G League where right. he's just like, you know, those those don't really translate to NBA. He was working on NBA skills.
1: Although Christian Wood ends up being like a good NBA player okay, too. Okay, but which like I didn't not in point. the way that he was playing in the G League. Correct, yeah. He, well, he's not he's not facing up at the top of the key every possession. Exactly. He but <laughs> he's not, he's not do, acting like a number one option. No. I do want to put Frank Mason's sort of, not just his success in the G League, but like like you mentioned, his attitude there. I mean, Frank Mason, if you're not aware, played two years with the Kings before falling out of favor there and, and not being with the Kings anymore, which is a blessing. Um, but he had never played a game in the G League before this season, before signing as a two-way player with the Bucs. And he obviously plays the bulk of his time is spent with the Herd. He suits up in 24 games, plays 30 minutes a game, and really like embraced the grind here. And Frank Mason, I do not mean this as a slight... Listed at five eleven, that's actually probably accurate, which most of the time NBA heights are not. But like, certainly not taller than Wasn't I am. Wasn't there a I'm thing
2: not... like was this last season where they're like, oh, we have to actually do NBA heights right now?
1: Yeah, but like some like there's still conflicting sources and some of them. Yeah, yeah, there was, but I mean, and also G League, who knows? But certainly not taller than me, and like a, a terrific finisher it's around nice, the rim. Nice height flex. I'm like I'm just about six one, so Same. it's not even like no. Oh, look at that, we we we're a backcourt of the future, obviously. Um, but Frank Mason, like for someone who's certainly not tall by NBA standards, like his finishing around the rim is crazy. So in the G League, 24 games, 30 minutes per game, 25 points, 3.3 rebounds, nearly five assists, 2.6 turnovers, um, shot 50% from the field, 42.8% from three. 55.8% from two on 10 shots per game. Like, and these are not, like, step-within-the-arc pull-ups. Like, he gets to the rim, and I saw him hit floaters over taco-freaking-fall. Like, his touch and guile around the rim is nuts, I think it's a skill that will transfer because he can clearly score against height. And his free throw percentage in the G League, a reassuring thing if you're worried about him missing some with the Bucks. on nearly four attempts per game. So uh, 92 attempts overall this season. So between his 183s, he shot 42% on, and his 92 free throws, he shot 81% on. And if you think he didn't get enough free throws based on those numbers, Chase Buford agrees with you, uh, to put it lightly. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but All-time, all-time Tyreek guy, Chase Buford. Uh, Fast break breakfast, had a lot of fun with that. Um, shouts to our, our friends. friends Friends of the pod But Just a really capable player Like he can do NBA stuff I really hope he gets more of a role On the Bucks Next season I think
2: season. Now that I'm thinking about this He should He should replace Patsy
1: Yeah I think at the bare minimum That would be great He should like him He should be guy. on the Bucks roster Correct He has to I think he literally has to be I think maybe? he's restricted Yeah he is He is um, Is he restricted he is, as a two way so, so if he, I think if he
2: gets an NBA, I, you I no, you he's, know this I, more he's he's
1: restricted I. overall. Overall, okay. I'm pretty positive. I yes. thought I,
2: yeah. I'm not sure actually. I my thinking was that it's like if he gets a, uh, like a general 16 man 15. 15 can I 15 15? Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> 15 man roster spot offer. That's not restricted, and just no, like I two think, way is. But I guess yeah. I, you know more than my I do.
1: I I think. It's all so confusing and the Bucks org. I've actually prodded about this a little bit. Like it can depend if he's restricted or not on like a couple like subtle little things that are not necessarily public and the Bucks are not in any hurry to disclose to me or other people interested. Wait, what does that mean? Like like there's like if he spent X amount of time oh, okay. with the Bucks, <laughs> like enough time with the Bucks, so I was like how does the hiatus and the bubble affect that? Like, do the bubble days count? Is he automatically? And I was kind of just, like, shushed away. I um, think but I, in
2: general, like, in terms of two-way, it's if it's outside of the G League season, it doesn't count towards days.
1: Right? Correct. No, but, like, yeah. Oh, but, I get what you're saying. Like, you have to spend enough time with mm-hmm. the NBA team to become a restricted free agent. Um, but he would be fully restricted in that like the Bucks could match gotcha. any offer to him. I would think though, even beyond that, I would think the two sides would both be interested in a deal. I really hope so at least. And it Bucks...
2: also just like helps the um it, it helps like it helps the it helps the herd a lot.
1: Well they've developed so many damn players yeah. who have left. <laughs> I just feel like the Bucks really should need to feel like they're gonna keep Frank Mason. Like otherwise you like cannot...
2: what's the point of being associated?
1: I mean if he goes somewhere else and averages like a good 15 and 5 next year or something and this would be on a bad team where he gets that much usage but still like how bad like you haven't like an all-world bench team you could have of like Christian Wood, Frank Mason, Justin Patton, I think is going to be a good NBA player. Uh Xavier Munford's in Turkey right now, but he is, I think is like a capable NBA player they've let go. Like it's just like it gets back really JLP, frustrating. Front of the pod job future to maybe two-way player i don't think he can maybe i think it's less than four years so maybe he could yeah regardless no he couldn't he for sure couldn't um but yeah i i hope they keep him um grades i had versus expectations a plus yep same (laughs) and overall like c c C, minus okay. probably c minus.
2: yeah that's fair that's fair i'd say if we're talking about like reserve guards yeah i think like the thing is like he'll never be a good defender
1: no. Just because he he's he so can top small. top out as passable.
2: Yeah. Like, there's only so much you can do at 5'11". Yeah. I guess, like...
1: Well, I don't know. How tall is Fred Van Vliet?
2: That's fair. That's I don't also, think he's like, that good.
1: I don't think he's that good, to be clear, but...
2: Van Vliet is one. Sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm not buying that one. That's
2: Canada measurements.
1: Yeah, that's metrics. So it's he's He's 6'1 meters. That would, that would be very tall. Oh, that was... um, but like you can be like if and he does, he works out a lot. He's he's definitely like, how did that sound? Go ahead.
2: <laughs> no, he's strong. You don't want to go full Tommy Heinsohn on Aaron Baines. There.
1: <laughs> yeah, <he's, laughs> um, he is put together. <laughs> that's an all-time looks cool. like all of Australia down there. Oh, my um, God. That's not my. That's, that's Tommy Heinsohn on Aaron yeah, Baines, just us. to be clear. That's not us. Um, but no Frank Mason certainly is strong probably could be even a little stronger but yeah he'll never be like I don't think he'll ever be Fred Van Vliet on defense probably not on offense Fred Van Vliet's just good Um, but like you can be shout passable out Maggio getting him on the Knicks. what did you say Sh-
2: shout out to Maggio getting uh, Fred Van Vliet oh, on the Knicks I thought you said Joe DiMaggio I was
1: like what <laughs> what kind of comp is this I'm so interested <laughs> nah I, I, I don't know baseball. Yeah, I don't know much about baseball. The Brewers are playing right now, probably. Are losing. they? Yeah. Oh, Nine, dang. Eight, Nine PM start for the Milwaukee. Oh, Brewers. they're in LA. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. Also, it's just not a good matchup. Um. Yeah. So, did you have around C as well for yeah. Frank's overall? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I said C plus. Okay, I'm gonna go to just. I was just gonna say straight C. Yeah, but A
2: plus for expectations, and we're rooting yeah. for you, Frank Mason.
1: Really hope Frank Mason is. he better a be on the team Milwaukee next year. Yeah. Pod. Oh, it'd be so disappointing, man. He'd better be on the team. Ugh. Speaking of disappointing. Oh no. You referred to this at the at the jump oh, of the pot. Oh,
2: I almost forgot. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I did try the Travis Scott meal. I was corrected by my girlfriend. I tweeted that I tried the Travis Scott burger. I did not. It doesn't exist. I tried the Travis Scott meal. Because the burger is a modified quarter pounder with cheese. Before we start, you you have not tried this. No, I am a vegetarian. I was gonna okay. So you yeah. are a vegetarian, so you could eat part of it. Yeah, I'm the just fries. Yeah. So how much do you know about this? Because I actually i've just like, seen this. I've just seen the marketing for it. I actually think it's a genius idea, it not really this is. one specifically, but well, here's why it's genius. McDonald's did not have to do anything outside of what they would do for like a new Happy Meal to accommodate this in their stores because when you order the Travis Scott meal, it's a quarter pounder with bacon and maybe like onion, I believe are the only differences, fries with barbecue sauce, and a Sprite. Like it's not, they didn't introduce a menu item. They just rebranded a few of their existing items, apparently the ones that Travis Scott likes, under this name of this meal. So like, this, outside of paying Travis Scott, but, like, inventory-wise, this didn't cost them anything. No, it and just I got them feel, free promotion. Well, I'm sure they paid. Well, but, like, yeah. Yeah, of course. But I think it's actually kind of a genius idea. McDonald's give us food. Um, or local restaurants give us food. Get a, figure out a vegetarian euro and name it after Rohan. <laughs> <laughs> I would be down. Tofu? Sure. Maybe? I don't know if the consistency would be right. We'll talk about this. Later. <laughs> I guess we're doing food segments now, but uh, drop drop and either in a review on iTunes when you give us five stars or on Twitter, drop us what food we should talk about next. Yeah, if we should. We should, should, do, th- we should us... do
2: this as an off season thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're not gonna. <laughs> no, 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 right. like no, like every every pot. No, no, I know, but I mean, like, we're not gonna be like, all right, no more game three talk. We gotta get into. <laughs> I tried another burger. <laughs> It's a good off-season thing. It's a good off-season. Yeah, but But, so so was it good? It was fine. I would say out of ten, I'd probably say six. Okay. Um, The burger was like I I didn't get like a great one either. Like it was kind of thrown together in the box. Like it didn't look. If you look at the picture, it doesn't look great. Um, But it it was fine. I mean, it's you know it's a quarter pounder from McDonald's with bacon, so it's like. It's not terrible. I mean, uh, some people probably think it's terrible. Like, if you hate McDonald's, it's terrible. But for McDonald's standards, it's like a fine menu item. The fries, I like the fries. Everyone knows. Uh, With barbecue sauce, actually, I, I think this will probably change if I'm strictly eating at McDonald's and not taking it home like I did this time. I would probably use the barbecue sauce instead of ketchup with the fries next time. McDonald's ketchup is really not great. Barbecue sauce, their barbecue sauce and their fries do work well together. And McDonald's Sprite, everyone knows it's good. So overall, like, it was fine, but I'll say it was disappointing. Like, it didn't feel special once I had it. Like, you kind of realize that it's just, like, a bunch of McDonald's stuff put together, and it kind of feels like you've been had.
2: Yeah. Okay, I do have a question for you, though. Yes. Did you When you were ordering, did you tell them that Cactus Jack sent you?
1: Here's the thing. I ordered through the app. Ah! Right? I was not <laughs> going to be that white dude who pulled <laughs> up in the drive through Straight up! <laughs> Let me get two Travis Scott meals. Cactus <laughs> Jack sent me. I was not gonna be that person, Rohan. I ordered through the app. I did not make eye contact with the lady when she put my food on the counter. I just grabbed it and went.
2: I was like, "Nope, <laughs> see you later." Oh, uh, that's the beauty of ordering food
1: online. It's uh, th- just th- avoiding one of the human few, interaction. One of the few pandemic positives is like this becoming way more normalized. Yeah. Um, I gotta include. My girlfriend's review of the Travis Scott meal. She gave it a two out of ten. Two out of Quote, ten. I like the Sprite. What a low. <laughs> what a low. How little to come yes. out of this. Just yeah. to like the drink. It's expensive too. It's better than nothing. Yeah. I also tried the spicy nuggets there. Solid. Okay. Okay. Solid. I'm not going to go in depth. Like they're fine. I, I know I've seen people say like Wendy's are better. I would agree. Um, it's nice that they have them. Everyone's doing yeah, spicy more chicken options. stuff. Yeah, so do you do you go to McDonald's? No. never. Nah, I I know people used to be high on their salads, but I never really got into them. Mm, I don't know. What's really. your go to fast food? Go to fast food, or do you just not? Like, are you above it?
2: I mean, like that, that I wouldn't say I'm above it. Um, <laughs> like I'll go see the years. That I don't have like a go to place. Like if there's okay. something around, I'll get something. You know, right? I don't have
1: like a favorite place though. I have an idea for next time. Okay, we'll talk after the butt. No, I, I'll say it here. Oh, okay. Top vegetarian fast or fast casual items. Okay, I'm done. I've, I've been a vegetarian for about a year total. Okay, not consecutively. Right now, I did like nine months. I did like another two months earlier this year. Actually, um, okay. it's not as hard to find food as people probably think. It's it not. Is. It's, it's not. so Next pod. It's a tease. It's a tease. Okay. Fair enough. I, I actually have a sub place. Actually, two sub places Ooh. I stand for that are, like, chain subs. Like, you'll find it. Uh, or you can find it. But next pod. Yes. But, yeah, that's uh that's all the food I have, though. Cactus Jack meal. The- God, bro. <laughs> the Travis Scott meal. I mean, like, try it if, like, you want to. I guess if you want to try it. Like, it's a little pricey considering like there's a deal on the app where I think it's like six bucks. You're welcome for the free promo McDonald's. Please pay me. Sponsor us. Um sponsor us, yeah. Um but like not terrible. But yeah, don't don't expect like a rare menu item, because that is not it. Okay. That's
2: fair. Yeah. Oh. Oh, we do have a, if we want to transition this back to basketball real quick. Well we have some so you know who hasn't tweeted in two months but now is tweeting?
1: <laughs> I don't actually.
2: Uh Larry Sanders. Oh, <laughs> So you want to is know what, tweeting? his first tweet since July sixteenth, which was just like some weird like thing. Uh, his, <laughs> do you want to do you want to know what this is? I clearly do. Uh, dear, uh, at Miami Heat, he tagged them. Oh, I can boy. guard Anthony Davis. See you this <laughs> summer.
1: <laughs> oh, what what does he mean by this summer?
2: I don't know. That was gonna be my question. And then he put like a like a uh, like a palm so it's like a block and then he put like an upside down face huh i don't i don't know larry like you're a solid buck you're not guarding anthony davis
1: i think probably the most overestimated defender of all time it was potential larry sanders it was but i i truly think people are unaware like i i've been told by folks who like were not bucks fans but like you know vaguely followed Hmm. like you know didn't he make an all-defensive team or like wasn't he an all-star nope never an all-star never an all-defensive team i think got maybe votes for the all-defensive teams once and that's the closest he got but just 238 total games across six nba seasons from age 22 to 28 um really tough stuff i mean certainly had the potential but no was never never an all-star, never an all-defensive guy, never certainly never a DPOI, Um but certainly did have the potential to be a very good defender, but probably remembered a little more fondly than he actually played.
2: Just it's the it's the thumbs up to the refs. Yeah, I mean that's all-time moment all for sure. All-time moment. But post my guy.
1: Ray Allen pre Giannis Bucks like all we had were moral victories. Yep. <laughs> That was what we were looking for.
2: Uh, you're not guarding AD, though. No, no. Yeah, and he capitalized the G in guard, so it looks weird.
1: That's one of my all-time pet peeves is people just capitalizing words because they feel like they're important. Like, I'm literally an editor at my day job. This drives me crazy all the time. Like, I would actually rather someone just do, like, the capitalize every word in a sentence thing. That would offend me less than just, like...
2: The, the random capital... It just throws you off because it's it's... You
1: can clearly see the error. Our school system is just failing because it's like, <laughs> at no point are you taught capitalization. <laughs> just depends on how you feel about the word. You like that word? Is it an important word? Cap that first letter. No. Proper nouns, names. Oh, you know what? Let me not even. <laughs> Before I get carried away, Rohan, I think now that <laughs> oh. I'm, now that I've talked about hamburgers. Larry Scotts, uh, Larry Scott. <laughs> Larry Scott. I, I put Travis Scott and Larry Sanders. Larry Sanders' defensive <laughs> reputation Uh-oh. and grammar. I yep. feel like that's like the red light to yeah. end the program. We're also an splashing. hour fifteen in. <laughs> well, not. I took a break. Yeah,
2: yeah hour We're probably fi- an hour ten in. I mean, like with like actual timings and stuff, it'll be an hour fifteen. Fair. Uh, so uh, yeah, I guess. This is this is peak off season content right oh, now. Oh yeah. And we we <laughs> were just getting started, people. Uh well if you if you're still listening, um uh, thank you. We love you. Um and just just to everyone, just thank you for listening to this episode of the Eurostep here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We're going to be rolling through this off-season content. We have stuff planned, like we have these grades, we have like trades, we have a roster, free agent stuff. We have a lot of stuff to talk about for what should be a busy summer from uh,
1: summer, yeah, off-season yeah, from Milwaukee. I pulled
2: Larry Sanders.
1: Uh, you tweet from Larry Sanders's account. I see the vision.
2: Yeah, how do you know I tweet? Uh, how do I know? How do you yeah.
1: think I knew that he tweeted that right away? Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, do you, some, have, you don't have Twitter alerts on for Larry Sanders. I do right? not. Okay, I was really concerned about you for a second. Go on, I'm so sorry,
2: someone, I'm muted. Someone, uh, someone retweeted that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, we're going to be bringing you great content for what should be a great off season, or at least great's a strong word. Uh, should be a interesting and eventful offseason for Milwaukee. Um, yeah, we're going to keep chugging through here. Make sure you check out all of the great content being put out across the Blue Wire Network. You know, like, leave a rating and subscribe on your podcast platform of choice for this pod. Just, you know, just keep showing support. We've been getting great support, and, we you know, we love to see it. We love providing you guys with great episodes. But, yeah, I guess that's all Ty and I have for you. Uh, Stay safe out there, everyone, and we will talk to you next time.